0: Welcome to Scary Mysteries, brought to you by Newdon Films. Every Monday, we'll tell you about topics that range from serial killers and UFOs to unexplained mysteries, ghosts, and everything in between. If it's scary and it's mysterious, then we've got you covered. And check us out on YouTube as well if you want to watch each episode. Thanks for tuning in. Top 5 Deadliest and Most Brutal Hitmen in the World In books and movies, hitmen are portrayed as expert killers, tagged with an aura of coolness because of their chosen profession. But in real life, these contract killers are often far more brutal and even more perplexing than any fictional character could ever be. These are the top 5 deadliest and most brutal hitmen in the world. Number 5 Glennon Engelman Dentist by day and hitman by night, Glennon Engelman led a double life. For over 30 years, he carried out multiple murders for profit. These killings were often commissioned by loved ones, friends, or co-workers. Born in St. Louis in 1927, Engelman was the son of a railroad clerk. Even though he was a mediocre student, He managed to earn a degree in dentistry and set up his own practice in the neighborhood he grew up in. Engelman married twice. The first was to Edna Ruth, which lasted three years, and his second marriage was to Ruth Jolly, with whom he had one son named David. A true sociopath, Engelman admitted his only talent was to kill people without feeling any remorse. He said he enjoyed planning out the hits and thinking up ways to dispose of the bodies afterwards but the best part of all, according to him, was getting away with it and getting paid to do it. In total, he was convicted of killing seven people, but the truth is no one knows for sure how many victims he had. His first hit was a 27-year-old clerk who was married to Engelman's ex-wife, Edna. He shot him in the face, and Edna collected $64,000 in insurance for the death. He then went on to kill a business associate, Eric Frey, by pushing him down a well and blowing it up with dynamite. The insurance money for the death was divided between Engelman and Frey's widow. His third victim, Peter Hom, was shot on the orders of the victim's wife. The insurance money collected for that was around 60000 A rich couple, Arthur and Vernita Goosewell, were executed next. Arthur was shot while Vernita was bludgeoned to death. Months later, their son Ronald was also murdered by Engelman, so that his wife could collect millions. His last known victim was the owner of the St. Louis Dental Laboratory, Sophie Marie Barrera. Apparently, Engelman owed her $14,000, and she threatened to sue him if he didn't pay up. She was killed one day when she got in her car, and it exploded. Despite his record, Glennon wasn't captured until after his girlfriend told police that he admitted to her that he had killed several people. She agreed to wear a wire and after a month, once enough evidence was collected, Engelman and his accomplices were arrested. He lived the rest of his life in prison, where he developed diabetes during his trials and died in 1999. Number 4. Christopher Dale Flannery Known as Mr. Rentakill, Christopher Dale Flannery has been called Australia's worst hitman. Born in 1948, even as a young boy, he was constantly in and out of trouble with police. After moving around to several jobs, he ended up working as a bouncer. He quickly grew bored there, and that's when he decided to move into contract killing for an occupation. His first kill was a barista named Roger Anthony Wilson. Flannery, along with two others, ran Wilson off the road Abducted him before shooting him and leaving him in the desert to die. The men were arrested but subsequently acquitted. However, he would only walk as far as the outside of the courthouse before being arrested for the murder of Sydney brothel owner Raymond Loxley. He would escape the law and got lucky again and was acquitted due to lack of evidence. Soon after gaining freedom, he got embroiled in the Sydney gang wars and ended up becoming a hired gunman working for some of the worst drug lords in the city. It's unknown how many people Flannery killed during his stint as a hitman, but he's tied to at least 12 murders. More than the impressive number of kills, his disappearance turned legendary as well. In May 1985, Flannery received a call from his boss asking for a meeting. He left home but was unable to start his car, and so he ended up taking a cab. The cab driver said he dropped him off at the airport, but ever since then he's never been heard from. Numerous rumors continue to this day about his disappearance. Some believe he was killed and that his body was placed in a barrel and buried in the sand dunes near the airport. Still others say he was shot dead and his body dropped into the sea. Meanwhile, there are those who say Flannery was offered a ride by cops he knew and was then killed by them because he had become a complete nuisance to law enforcement in the area. He left behind a wife and two children, And to this day, nobody has any answers as to what exactly happened to Australia's worst hitman. Number 3. Giuseppe Pino Greco Coming from a long line of mafioso, it was no surprise Giuseppe Greco would turn into one of the most prolific mafia criminals to ever live. During his lifetime, it's estimated he killed somewhere between 80 to 300 people. Even though he rarely killed alone, he took part in each of the killings, making sure he was present when his victims died. Pino, as he was known, was a member of the Ciculi Mafia based in Palermo. Their head was his uncle, Michel Greco, and the family was closely allied with the Sicilian Mafia. During the onslaught of the Second Mafia Wars, which spanned from 1981 to 1983, Pino was ordered to carry out dozens of murders. His favorite weapon was an AK-47. Some of those he killed were prominent bosses from other families, including murdering the son of Salvatore and Zerillo. Pino cut the 15-year-old's arm off before shooting him in the head and then dissolving his body with acid. All this because the kid swore to avenge the murder of his father. During his killing spree, Pino would take his victims to the Room of Death, an apartment ran by his close friend and ally. Filippo Marchese. Together they would torture and murder their victims before dumping their bodies in barrels and dissolving them in acid or throwing their body parts in the ocean. Pino and Marchese would strangle victims, with each one holding the other end of the rope and pulling at the same time. Despite a long friendship, Pino ended up killing Marchese because he was ordered to. In 1985, Pino suddenly disappeared. It was thought he went overseas, but in fact, he had been murdered. He was shot at home by two close friends, Vincenzo and Giuseppe. Apparently, Pino's rising popularity among the younger mobsters was going to his head, and so he had to be taken out in order to avoid further distractions. There's no mention of what happened to his body, but it's likely it was dissolved in acid or fed to the pigs, since these were common practices. Number 2. Alexander Solonik Nicknamed the Superkiller, Alexander Solonik was a primary killing tool for the highest mob bosses in Russia. What makes him unique is that he was ambidextrous and could shoot a gun using either hand. Despite being imprisoned twice, he managed to escape both times. By his second escape, he decided to join a local syndicate and become a hitman. His first kill was the leader of a rival gang in 1990. After six months, he traveled to Moscow and killed another important Russian mob boss. He also eliminated one of the most powerful mobsters in Russia, Otari Vantrishvili, after Alexander failed to extort money from him. By this time, police were on to him, and he was apprehended in the marketplace with a friend shortly after. He managed to open fire in the police department using a concealed weapon in his coat and shot several officers before he was subdued and sent to prison. However, yet again, he managed to escape. Alexander disappeared from Russia completely and showed up in Greece. There he had a group of 50 men dealing with drugs and various contract killings. By now he was known throughout Russia, his face and name appearing on Russia's most wanted list. In February 1997, it was reported in Greek papers that the body of a Russian mob boss was found strangled to death. Even though there were no identifying documents, it was nevertheless proclaimed to be Alexander's body. Authorities then went on to raid his villas and found various weapons, drugs, and money. But plenty of people believe he may have faked his own death and then escaped, which would be fitting for someone who had gotten away so many times before. Number 1. Richard Kuklinski Nicknamed the Iceman, Kuklinski admits to getting excited about the hunt more so than the actual killing. During his reign, it's estimated he killed between 100 to 250 people. However, he proclaims it is his rule to never kill women and children, so all his victims were men. Born in New Jersey in 1935, Kuklinski grew up in a rough family and had to constantly put up with abuse from his parents. The daily beatings he and his siblings got took a toll on all of them. One of his brothers died at the age of 10. His older brother turned out to be a killer and rapist, while Richard also turned to killing for a profession. So far, only his sister managed to live a quote-unquote normal life. By the age of 10, Richard was torturing animals for fun. At just 14, he committed his first murder by killing the leader of a local gang. By his own account, he said he removed the gang leader's fingertips and teeth and dumped the body off a bridge. In the 50s, he became affiliated with several prominent mob families in New York and Newark. He was constantly doing routine jobs like hits and robberies for the Gambino family and other mafia syndicates as well. Aside from the ordered hits, he also killed for his own enjoyment. He would randomly kill homeless people or his own gang members, and often experimented with different manners to dispatch his victims. Even though he used a variety of ways to kill, his favorite method was injecting cyanide in either the victim's food or spraying it directly to their face. He would often torture his victims first, injuring them in a way so they could slowly bleed to death. He was also known to tie his victims to a chair, leaving them exposed so that rats could eat them alive. He also liked to keep the bodies of some of his victims frozen for a long time to help throw off the police from determining the time of death. And this is how he earned the nickname, the Iceman. In 1960, Richard got married, had three children, and made his family believe that he was a businessman. Throughout his career as a professional hitman, he also lived an apparent normal suburban life. Even though he had a volatile temper, none of the neighbors or his family ever suspected a thing. They didn't find out about his criminal activity until after he was arrested. In one of his interviews, Kuklinski said, I've never felt sorry for anything I've done. Other than hurting my family, I do want my family to forgive me. Kuklinski died in prison in 2006 at the age of 70. So those were the top five deadliest and most brutal hitmen in the world. Contract killings happen all the time. Perhaps the scariest part about it isn't the murder itself, but the idea that if the price is right, then there's someone sick enough who's happy to get the job done. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe and check out Scary Mysteries on YouTube as well for additional videos. I'll see you next week.